As Tamar was being led out to be burnt in the fire, she told Yehuda that the owner of the three items she was holding was the father of her child. Yehuda was faced with the following choice, admit it was him or let her get killed. And in his greatness, he admits it was him. Where did this ability to admit it was him, even though it meant completely humiliating himself in front of everybody for the sake of doing what was right, come from? I am Shoali Karsh, and this is Karsh on the Karsh. A few things I wanted to discuss. Um, we have Yosef. Yosef is being thrown around from one place to the other. In the beginning, so he, he, uh, he gets sold by the brothers. And then it's confusing in the Pesukim because he gets sold to Yishmaelim and then Midyanim and then Midanim. There's a whole bunch of things. And the Mepharshim say that he got sold se- several times until he actually got to Potiphar. But he gets to Potiphar's house and he's referred to as the Sar Hatabachim. So he's the Chamberlain of Artsville Translate as the Chamberlain of the Butchers. So like that was always interesting to me. Like, okay, like... Like the Torah feels the need to tell me that like the, the, the main butcher of Mitzrayim is the one that bought Yosef. Okay, that's pretty cool. It just happens to be that's the that's what happened, and they just tell us that. So then um, he gets he he gets like becomes the number one, like the his right hand man, Potiphar's right hand man. Then the whole thing with Asha's Potiphar seduced, and then he gets in trouble, and then he gets thrown in jail. So when the Pesukim talk about jail, where he is, it doesn't say where the jail is. Only later, when it talks about the Sarah Ophim and the Sarah Mashkim, the Pasek says, ah, the Sarah Ophim and the Sarah Mashkim, they get thrown in jail. Where is the jail? Oh, it's on the campus of the Chamberlain of the Butchers, of course, because the butcher shop campus obviously is going to have the jail there. So they get thrown in jail. It always is. It's always there. Yeah, it's a classic. So, so uh, and then it tells us that Potiphar, of all people, Right, Potiphar is the one that got really angry at Yosef. A lot of Mepharshim say that he just got angry as a show because he really knew that Yosef was innocent, but he couldn't, he had to put on a show because then people would think that he just did, yeah, political. It was a political move. Um, so they get thrown in there, and then Potiphar puts Yosef in charge of, the, of the, that ward where the Sarah from the Sarah are. First of all, why is the butcher in charge of deciding whether or not Yosef is going to be in, like, what is going on here? It's, like, really confusing. So, we have a Pasuk in Malachim. At the end, it's also Pasuk in Yermiel. And it says the Pasuk, This is the a famous Pasuk where it says that Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Babel, so he had a, a general who was the one that actually destroyed the Bezimikdash. His name was? Nibuz Radam. So Nibuz Radam, the Pasuk says, he was the general that destroyed, actually destroyed the Bismikdash. He's referred to as the Rav Tabachim. The Rav Tabachim, the head of the butchers. So obviously, when we say that he's the head of the butchers, the Pasuk shot, um, we all can assume that really what that means is he was the butcher of butchering people. He was the main butcher of... Exactly, yeah. They call, even now, they have somebody, in the, there's another, somebody else who's the butcher of, of Tehran. They call, like, one of the leaders of Iran. So, they, yeah, it's, Mayisro, uh, but it's based Hashem. So, he's the one that destroys the base of Mikdash. So, that actually, that actually could explain why um, Potiphar, when we say that Potiphar was the chamberlain of the butchers, really what, we, what it could mean is that he was the head executioner for all of its Ryan, for Parah. And um, if you look at Uncleus, Uncleus actually says, Rav Kitolaya. 
for for the Sara Tabachim, and I looked at the uncle list for the um, Guzradan. It's the same thing, Rav Kitolaya, that they're both the uh, the head of the butchers. So that explains why he why the jail is also there because that makes sense. He's the head executioner, so it can make sense that the jail would be in that spot. Just simply, if they want to kill somebody, all right, he's right there. Um, but one additional thing, which again, I like, I like doing these things because it just brings out more in the parsha. Is just thinking about like why would Yosef be sold of all places? Yosef is sold specifically to the head executioner. Why was he so interested in, in, in buying him, or why does it matter that he was sold there? So I don't know why necessarily Bederek Ateba why Potiphar was interested in buying him. But the lesson that we could see from here is that it could be like there was a, a, a kiss from Hashem or a tap from Hashem to Yosef. Yosef is almost got killed by his brothers. He's being thrown around, thrown into a pit, taken out of a pit, like just being like thrown back and forth to like place to place. And he gets sold to the head executioner of all of Mitzrayim. And then he becomes the right-hand man to the head executioner. So I was thinking that maybe it was like Hashem's way of telling him, like, don't worry, I'm going to place you above death. You're going to be, you're going to be above execution. Like, don't worry, I know you're being thrown around, but just know that like, I'm with you. You're going to be, you're going to become great. Another idea, um, another idea is that we see by Aisha's Potiphar. So she's trying to seduce Yosef day after day. Finally, so I, yeah, so I want to suggest that it means that he was the head butcher, head executioner. So that answers like a bunch of questions. But, so, oh, amazing. Nice. Okay, great. Oh, man, that's, that's amazing. That's what he actually means. Okay, amazing. It fits very well with the Rabbat HaVachim. So Yosef is being seduced over and over again. And then finally, there's the opportune day. It's the Yom Eid. It's the holiday of the Goyim in Mitzrayim. And nobody's home, nobody's around. And then she pretends to be sick, Eishos Potiphar. Yosef is obviously not going to be joining the holiday services. So he stays home and he comes in. It's just her and him. And she's like, okay, this is it. Like, consort with me. And then he says, the puzzle says, Vayim Ain." Shalshalas, we have a shalshalas. So he does the. Oh yeah, nice. So he refuses. So it says he refuses, and then and then he starts to give a whole thing back and forth. Oh, how could I do this? You know, your husband told me I could do anything. I'm the right hand man, and he said the one thing I can't have is you. And how could I do that? Like how could I be? Uh, how could I do that to your husband? And also, how could I sin against Hashem? So, um, Rabbi Kenningsberg, a, a Rebbe of mine in Or Yushalayim, said that uh, he gave a shot. He said, what's going on over here? First it says he refused, and then it says that he gives these reasons, what's going on. So he wanted to say that, really, Yosef refused. And if you, I don't know exactly what the function is. of the, There's like lines in, in the Chumash, like in between like a word sometimes, just have a line, like in the Pasuk itself. So if you, the Pasuk, Vayimaim, it says Vayimain, you have the Shoshelis on top, and then you also have a line in between Vayimain and the rest of the Pasuk. So he wanted to say that really, in Yosef's own head, he completely refused. This was like a huge, massive temptation for him, but he told himself, it's not happening. The only reason why he gave reasons for why he shouldn't do it was really just to, like, get her off his case. Because whatever he thought, maybe if I give her reasons, she'll just stop being on my case. But he wasn't having a back and forth. He needed to refuse for himself. And then he just gave reasons. And he wanted to say it's the same thing with the Itzahara. He 
said like you resolve, you, you made a resolution like I'm not going to do this. I, or I'm waking up tomorrow for chakras on time at 7 o'clock. How many times do we have the same conversation with ourselves where we're like chakras, I'm going to be there. I'm going to dive into the 7 o'clock chakras, 7.30 chakras. I'm going to wake up. And then the next day you wake up for the 8.30 chakras. Uh, <laughs> how many times does that happen? What? <laughs> so how many times does that happen for us? You wake up. So we all know that when you wake up in the morning, the only thing that works is just waking up. You know that it's 7 o'clock. You just get out of bed. As soon as you start having a, a conversation with yourself, should I get out of bed? Should I? As soon as you start having a conversation, it's over. You're right. You decide, I'm not eating cake anymore. I'm going on a diet. And then you see the cake. If you have a conversation about whether or not you're going to eat the cake, you're done. You already know you lost. So Yosef, so that's exactly what, the way it works. Yosef is teaching us that the way to deal with the Sahara is that you wake up in the morning and you just, as soon as you know that it's 7 o'clock, you just get out of bed. And you don't have a conversation. The uh, third idea I wanted to talk about was Yehuda and Tamar. So we have the whole uh, story with Yehuda and Tamar, very interesting story, raises a lot of questions. Um, so Yehuda ends up consorting with Tamar, his daughter-in-law, and then he wants to pay her, but he doesn't have any, any sheep or goats. So he just gives her collateral, these three things, a stick, clothing, and and a ring. Right, so these three things. So he gives her his collateral, he tries to find her, can't find her. So he lost his collateral, he's like, fine, let her keep it. I tried finding her. I'm putter, whatever. So I'm trying to find her. And then they find out that she's pregnant three months later. And Yehuda is like, how could this happen? Right, we need, she needs to be burnt. She's a noble person. We know that Abbas Kohen gets Srefa. They were, they were a noble family. So some of the farmers would say that's why she... Uh, it was fitting to have to be burnt as the punishment. So she's about to be thrown into the fire, about to be burnt. And then she says, I have these three things. The, the father of the child is the owner of these three things. Now, Yehuda is considered a very prominent person. He's one of the greatest people living in that time. He's like, like the God Ador. And he has two options. He could either just let it go, let her just get killed. With the two babies. Right, with the two babies. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, maybe they didn't know. It was only one. They knew everything. She says she was basically saying him so that three don't get killed. She knew she Oh, she knew. Amazing. Nice. She, I mean, she knew because she felt the kicking. But yeah, um, she didn't have to have Rook and Kodesh for that. Um, but she's like, <laughs> so, okay. Um, so anyways, she said, okay, so he makes the decision, the most unbelievable decision, the going against his nature to say it's many famous words that she is more righteous than I am and I, it's me, I'm, I'm the father. And the fact that he has the ability to do that is just unbelievable. So I wanted to suggest, where did Yehuda get that ability to be able to humble himself and be able to admit that he's, that it was really him? She was saying that according to that strict halacha, she could have married him. Right. Right. How I mean, it was also before the Torah was given, but I mean, just in terms of the humiliating. What was your status? No, because she. No, because she was. Right. No, no, she. No, no, she wasn't married. Yeah. He was embarrassed. He was like, she was a prostitute. Maybe she was new at this for Shayla. 
Yes. Right, so it could be. So you could go. No, it could be. There is a halachic. It could be. There is a halachic route you could go with it, but also you don't necessarily have to go halachic. Right. 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 That's another discussion. I'm saying surely had a different point of view. No, but I like the bringing up the idea. There's a question that needs to be discussed. So I was telling you, it could be that there is a halachic route to it, but it also could be hashkafically. So um, where did he get this this courage and possibly the ability to be able to, in, in, this, in the face of this situation, to have the ability to go against his nature and, and admit that it was really him? So when you look back, go back to Parshas Vayetze, to Leah, all the shvatim, each one has their uh, reason for why they named their child what they did. So Leah has six. So one of, the, one of her kids was Yehuda. So her fourth kid. So she's like, wow, I'm going to name Yehuda. Why? Because I'm so grateful to Hashem. Why is she grateful? Obviously, she's just grateful for the first three kids, but she's even more grateful because Rashi explains everybody was going to have three. The four, right? Four Imahos? Uh, no, four, whatever. I mean, I don't know if they're Imahos, the other two mates, whatever, but there's four wives. Um, and the four wives. No, but Sarah and Rivka. No, Sarah and Rivka are the mothers. Yeah, so the maid servants are. <laughs> no, right. I also got thrown off for a second. There we go. So the four wives of Yaakov. So um, each one was going to get three if they would have split it up evenly. She's like, oh my gosh, I have four. And she again, she's really good at math, like we saw last week. And she's like, no way, amazing. Four. That means I have more than all the other wives. So she's extra grateful. So that's why she names him Yehuda. But the word uh, moda, which means thanks, also comes from the same word of admitting, admission. Because when you thank somebody for doing something for you, you're admitting that they did something for you. So you're, when you thank somebody for something, you're, you're, it's an admission. Vidui is the same thing. It's confession. Confession is admitting to Averos that you're doing, it's part of the process. It's all all related. So when you're thanking somebody for something that they did for you, you're admitting that a lot of times you're admitting that that they did something for you that you that you couldn't have done or that you couldn't have done a certain thing without them. So it's a it's also a humility. It's a humility to put yourself in front of somebody else and say, "Wow, thank you for you did something for me." So you're you're humbling yourself. You're admitting that somebody did something for you all when you're thanking that person. So, Leah names Yehuda, Yehuda, because she's grateful. But what happens is, what she, maybe she realized, maybe she didn't realize, but what she instilled in the name, in Yehuda, in his essence, is that ability to be able, in any circumstance, any situation, to be able to, to admit certain things and be able to su- submit himself in situations, and that's what gave him the ability in the case of Yehuda, in that case of Tamar, for him to be able to say, you know, it was really me, to humble himself. And we actually have another situation, we'll, we'll finish with this, another situation where you see this, um, um, the submissiveness, this achna of Yehuda, when Yosef, they don't realize it's Yosef, but the, the, the viceroy of Mitzrayim, so they're all in front of, all the brothers are in front of Yosef, and then they get into a situation where Yosef's like, okay, I'm keeping Benjamin as a slave. He stole the, the cup, my, my goblet. He's going to stay with me. Yehuda jumps up and he says, no, 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 I, it's not happening. You're, you're going to take me instead. You're going to 
take all of them, just let them all go. I'm going to take Benjamin's place. Of course, obviously, we know beforehand he made this deal with Yaakov. But the point is that you see again this idea of humility that he's able to just jump up right away without hesitation and just say, no, I'm, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to take the hit. Let them go and you keep me instead. And that was that ability. That's the thing that Leah put into Yehuda without her even necessarily realizing, maybe. And that's what helped him in key points in his life bring out his true greatness. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a day.